The following episode of Millennial Pagan Podcast contains mentions of a business that is only a personal preference of the guest and not meant to be taken as a promotion. There will also be discussion that will be medical and nutritional in nature. Always discuss such concerns with your own physician before taking any action. Millennial Pagan Podcast. I'm Autumn Wolf. And I'm Jared Stone. And in studio today we have uh, Logan with us. Hello. Uh, so I understand we're, we're going to be talking uh, about some uh, something that, that your specialty is. Yes, essential oils and how to use them properly and how not to use them that, incorrectly. That, that bottom part's the important part. Yes. <laughs> the not use them. Well, before we dive on in into our normal stuff, Jer, how are you? I'm good. Woke up with a little bit of a sore throat, sore legs. Uh, did superhero Saturday yesterday. Uh, yeah, no, I'm. I'm. It, it's not. It's not the illness. It's just talking to a bunch of people yesterday and actually walking around in my Hagrid boot stompers. You know, it's very. Uh, my calves are killing me. <clears throat> ah. Yeah. Time to do some calf stretches. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna start. Start on that. Yay! So you know, I, I I have an oil for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you do. I, I, there's actually like a, a, a TV tray just full of oils. Like you can't even see the TV tray anymore. I, I actually posted on our um, Instagram and Facebook, so you guys will be able to see said tray. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go ahead and look and see how many oils she brought with us, just to show. So how's uh, how's how, how is you doing? I worked eight uh, nine hours without a break yesterday. Oh no! Yeah, we did a special event after, like right after work, mm-hmm. which actually went really well. Um, but yeah, I did not get a break <laughs> and not have lunch. Um, I had breakfast and then I had two pieces of pizza from the event. That was it. Yeah, that's actually that's actually more than I had yesterday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, I, I had I had like a hot dog, and that was pretty much it for lunch. Like, I we came home had had like some uh, lightly fried fish fillets for dinner. Yeah, um, but sounds amazing. It, yeah. it, they were good. I, I I do have to say uh, they're the best pre frozen fish fillets that I've ever had. <laughs> and then Logan, you just came back from something that was pretty awesome. Yeah, with the uh, Renaissance Festivals coming up here shortly. We start on February 8th. That is opening weekend. We run eight weekends straight for a total of 19 days with two student days. Uh, student days are February 25th and the 27th. Yep, and you're working that, so you just got approval on costumage. Is that what yes. happened today? Cool. A lot of costuming approvals go on, and we start in September for or uh, auditions and everything. So if anybody's interested in joining FAIR, Start with us in September. Look for the audition information because we do workshops and all kinds of stuff. Woo! That and, sounds exciting. And for any locals that have not been to the AZ Ren Fair, um, what are you doing with your life? But you need to go. <laughs> well, I could understand people being like in Tucson, not wanting to drive all the way out. So we have people who come to work at the festival all eight weekends from Tucson, from 
uh, Florence. We have people who come in from Flagstaff. We have people who come in from Buckeye. And they come to work the festival every weekend mm-hmm. as volunteers. So if you aren't coming out to the Ren Fest because you think you're too far, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're, they, they killed that excuse for y'all. Um. I'm, actually, I'm actually in the process of making a new outfit this year. Ooh. So it might have to go after Disney, but I'll be there. Yeah, I still want a um, long sleeve dress, but it's probably just not going to happen this year because at this point, any of my seamstress friends are going to be like, I don't have time for that crap. <laughs> like, what's your deadline? No, <laughs> no, because <laughs> most of them work the fair. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, Logan is here, as we've already said, to help us learn about the wonderful world of essential oils. But first, as always, learning about our new guests' path and past will help us to understand where they are now. So, Logan, please share your coming of which story. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So, I came to the path really, really young in comparison to a lot of the people that I've spent time with. Um, I was, for a while there, um, introduced to a dreamwalker in New Mexico where I was born. And they took me on a dream path, and I became basically the play toy of Bast. Oh. So from Bast to Hathor, and back to Bast, back to Hathor, and they had bounced me back and forth, so I was essentially a string toy. And pull over here, pull it over there, pull it over here, pull it over there. Not, not going to lie, I just I just imagined Bast just like just doing what Elvira does with one of those fluff balls, just batting it back and forth. like. <laughs> That's how it felt. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt like you know being pulled here, being pulled there, being pulled here. And then the goddess stepped in, and she was like, no. Come here, You're taking bad, you away. Bad divine kitty. <laughs> so you know when, when you when you punish a cat and the cat just gives you that look. Yeah, I got that from both Bass and Hathor. <laughs> They're like, no, you took our toy away. <laughs> but so from there, the goddess took me under her wing, and I've been following her path ever since. Um, and I went on a spiritual journey with the uh, Native American tribe that I was working with at the time, which was one of the uh, sects of the Navajo. And that was a lot of a lot of work, a lot of study. And that lasted until I was about eight and moved to Arizona. And then I got introduced to other tribes and other things and other experiences. And it's just kind of grown from there. But the goddess has been there with me the whole time. Um, my stepbrother passed away a couple of years ago. And my stepsister was doing massage therapy. And she taught me how to do some of that stuff which got me into doing massage, which I've now been a practitioner of for 10 years. Um, And I got into essential oils because there was a lot of oils used in the Native American processes that we used, um, which, oh my gosh, uh, 15, 16 years worth of learning and just studying and all of the individual stuff um, that I could do. And then I went to school for it and was like, I know most of this. Ooh, this is awesome. (laughs) But that's where I learned a lot more about how you should use them, not just the spiritual reasons why you do, but how to actually use them to integrate them into your health and taking care of yourself. Wow. Awesome. So uh, you mentioned that... um... Hathor and Bass liked to play with you, and then the goddess kind of um, rescued you from that instance. Is there any other deities that are in your daily life or that you interact with a lot? 
Um, I still have some Egyptian pieces on my altar for Bast and for Hathor, um, because they're the ones who started me down the path. But aside from that, it's really just the three of them. And so far, um, we've had a couple of visits from Thoth, God of Knowledge, mm -hmm. which was what started me into the whole, hey, I should do massage therapy. Hey, I should do this thing. Hey, I should go learn about the Renaissance. And hey, why don't you go do this thing? <laughs> and it's just been a lot of, of dream walking and a lot of, you know, hints and, and things popping up in normal daily life of, you should try this thing. You should do this thing. Huh. And it's like, okay. Well, you're the god of knowledge. Why not? <laughs> right. <laughs> and what would you define dreamwalking as? So there's a couple of different ways that I've done dreamwalking. The first one is actually going into a meditation to the point where you are relaxed into a dreamlike state. And the gods come to you in that state if they decide that they want to or have something to teach you. Um, the other way is to be induced into that state through a Native American rite or ritual. Um, and in that particular state, it is very much like being in the real life, real world, but you are transported to their world, to their space. And it's a little more intrusive on the gods than it is, you know, asking for their assistance. So you tend to spend more time um, trying to convince them why they shouldn't smite you <laughs> or why you're interrupting their party. That was a bad experience. <laughs> yeah. You don't get the same kind of um, visuals that you would think. It's a lot of shadows, a lot of light, a lot of moving things. Like uh, for me, it was a lot of rainbows. Um, Thoth was a lot of dark grays and blacks and things like that. Whereas the goddess is a lot of whites and bright yellows. So it's, it makes for a very interesting experience. And it's really hard to interpret a lot of that stuff unless they just directly come out and go, no, you're mine. Come here. Let's go this way. Right. <laughs> okay. What kind of magic do you tend to do? I tend more towards the herbalism type stuff of using plants and oils and foods and things to influence rather than to, um, what would you call it, um, rather than spells, mm -hmm. as it were. Uh, a friend of mine over the past year has really had a bad time with things like ovarian cysts and it caused it to the point where she was told by multiple doctors that she was never going to be able to have kids. Um, or if she was to have kids, there would be a really, really high risk chance of her losing the kids during pregnancy. Um, she very soon here after going through five or six months worth of essential oils therapies, um, is about to give birth to a very healthy, <laughs> very large 10-pound baby. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, her family has a history of heavier children, mm -hmm. um, anywhere from, you know, 9 to 12 pounds. So he's kind of right there in the middle. Or she, not sure yet. Um, but it's one of those of I like to use my magic in a way that helps others and encourages things to be the way that they should be, as it were. Care magic. Yeah. That's what I like that. Very much. Very healer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a daily practice that you do? Not particularly. It's really on a day-to-day -day basis of what am I doing that day? Who am I helping that day? Um, I recently did a massage for another friend of mine and 
I mean, we really just spent most of the time shooting the shit and chatting and just, you know, relaxing rather than actually working on anything. So sometimes it's not about what your... It's more about what their end goal is rather Mm -hmm. than mine. So on a daily basis, as I get into things, it's more of what am I doing to help people today? that so um kind of getting getting back on the subject a little bit of uh, of dream walking mm-hmm. um what type of advice would you give anybody who's looking into into actually doing more dream walking like they like they may have had experiences with it in the past but not necessarily have actively tried it again dream walking is a lot of listening and watching and waiting the more you're trying to focus on what's going on, the less you're going to get out of it. Um, you're dream walking for a purpose, typically, of getting information to come to you or having somebody come to you and speak with you. But if you're anxious and you're waiting and you're like, okay, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody's interested in getting into it, I mean, you could definitely focus more on listening to yourself, listen to your body, listen to your needs. Spend less time trying to do things and more time just being. It's actually kind of interesting. We started talking about that because I actually had had a, a listener come up to me yesterday at, at Superhero Saturdays. And they said they actually wanted to know a little bit more about dream walking. So that, that's kind of just a little little bit of help there for you. I know, I know that uh, we had talked about it. And so if you're if you are listening, take some advice from that. Very timely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, before we take a short break and then dive into essential oils, I know that you also are a practitioner of Reiki, but you practice a different type of Reiki than Sunshine presented to us. So if you want to like give us a short overview of how that's different, that way people get a better understanding that there are multiple different types than just um, what we've already presented and have a different idea. So <laughs> you got as, really excited there. Yeah. <laughs> so as I understand it, Sunshine practices traditional Reiki, mm-hmm. which is a very structured system where you do certain symbols in certain orders and there's a lot of ritual that goes to it. I learned a practice called transformational Reiki, where it is much more of feeling the energies of the space and working with those energies. Um When you get into transformational Reiki and you're learning to be a Reiki master in that form, there's a lot less of the ritualistic, you do this before you walk in the room, you do this before you get to the table, you do this before you touch the person. Transformational Reiki is more of pulling the energy and feeling it outside of the body rather than putting your hand on the person and working their energy directly. Mm -hmm. Um, there's still symbols. You still have certain things that you need to do while you're practicing. Um, there's still a lot of things that you can do while you're practicing that are very traditional based, but it's more fluid. It's flowy. It's you're going, you're feeling it as you go rather than just following the steps and doing the thing. Mm -hmm. I kind of had a vision of like astral projection Reiki. Like like like, like like pulling pulling the aura of the other person as well as well as yours and manipulating it in space rather than on body. Yes. Yeah, so personally, when I do Reiki, if you've ever seen one of those, maybe a sci-fi show or um, something on the internet where they show you the blood system, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. blood vessel system of the body, imagine a person laying on a table and you are pulling that out of their body. 
And wherever there's a congestion, wherever there's uh, maybe a blood clot, maybe something's going on and they're getting varicose veins, the blood system there looks darker to me. It looks either a deep red or black, sometimes blue. That means you're not getting enough blood flow to that area. So we mm. work that area. Um, if you're healthy, it's more of a goldy white color. So it kind of goes the whole spectrum for me. Um, if somebody is feeling very much in their heart, the chest area will be glowing quite a bit. Um, but more as a generalized glow rather than specifically to the blood vessels. Um, but that's what I see when I do Reiki is I lift that out of the body and I look over their whole system to see, okay, where are we having these blockages? What's going on? And I make sure that while I'm doing Reiki, I'm speaking with the person to learn more about why they're having these issues and what might be causing them. Because it's not just in the body, it's also in yourself, your soul. What are you feeling? What are you going through? Why is that causing you to have physical reactions to things? Wow. I like that. that that's kind of like a, um, oh, what was it? A ho- hollow, hollow, pro- like hollow medical projections from like Star Trek and yeah. like, yeah, that type of stuff. I'm like, <laughs> that's actually kind of cool. I like, I like the way that the, the visuals on that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing. Of course. So we're going to take a short break and then we'll dive right into essential oils. Millennial Pagan Podcast is exclusively supported by Patreon. Listeners like you can gain great benefits from your favorite show, such as... At $1 a month, you get a personalized shout-out at the end of the next full-length episode. At $5 a month, you receive a thank-you card in the mail with a Millennial Pagan Podcast button and sticker enclosed. Additionally, $5 a month supporters have access to our monthly 30-minute minisodes. Patreon supporters are also the first to learn about new and exciting updates to Millennial Pagan Podcast. More benefits and exclusive content to come. And we're back. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, we got a we, we got a bunch of oils over there. And if you guys saw the saw the picture on uh, on Sunday, you know exactly how many oils are there. And we're going to learn about each and every single one of... No, not no, every oh, single one. No. no. no, That will take far longer than a single podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know. Yeah. We, actually, uh, you were talking to Sunshine during the break about this nice little stack of paperwork that you have in front of you. Oh, yeah. That's just... It's like, what? 40 pages? <laughs> uh, it's a lot of pages. Probably like 25, 30. Yeah. And that's all for one, one oil. One oil. Wow. So this stack here, and uh, I can... We can link to it. So people can take mm-hmm. a look at all the, the stuff. So this is for the lemon oil, lemon organic essential oil that I get through New Directions Aromatics. That's the company that I use. They provide for you the safety data sheet, which includes everything from the product name, their botanical name, uh, the specific case number that they use, uh, the EINECS number, your country of origin, how to use it, where they use it. Um, it includes all of the label elements, such as don't, drop your oil into the trash can and get it into the environment because that actually can cause things to die. It's that strong. Um, All the way through to if there's a fire that starts with the oil, how to fight the fire. (laughs) Um, For lemon oil, if somehow you manage to catch it on fire, you use foam, dry powder, or carbon dioxide to kill it. Uh, stability, transportation information, how it should be stored, hazmat information. Uh, it gives you a certificate of analysis, so how they uh, it should appear, how it should smell, the solubility, 
Uh, it's got its specific gravity, everything down to the citral content. So this is the kind of stuff where if when you receive your product, especially if you're using it to make soaps and, and oil blends and things like that for other people, this is how your batch should appear when you receive it. So that way you know it is of quality, it hasn't been contaminated, there's nothing in it that's going to harm you, um, and that it is in fact what it should be. Um, I've seen where some companies will send you lemon, a bottle that says lemon, and it's lemongrass. It's a completely different plant. Oh, wow. It's yeah. not related. No. Um, and the only way that people could tell is the smell. It looked almost the same, but you could tell it was just not the right thing. And when you actually went in and used it, it was like, no, no, no. Not the right consistency, not the right anything. Um, this also gives, I'll give me four pages of that one. Uh, the GCMS <laughs> analysis. So it tells you exactly the percentages of what is in the oil. Um, so the linalools, the tannins, the everything. So how much acetone, tricycline, uh, camphene, everything all the way through. How much camphor, citronellol, um, all the stuff. It gives you the, the actual chemical breakdown and percentages. Um, the other thing that it gives you with all of this paperwork is this particular one is certified organic. It gives you the National Organic Program Certificate of Compliance certification, which also includes a QR code that you can scan to find out where they did the testing. So you can see the website, the effective date, all the quality assurance information. This is why I like to use this company because they give you everything. So just just from all the pages that you're just kind of flipping through, the the big thing that I'm getting out out of this is oils are serious shit. <laughs> yes. What I'm getting is that if you are going to spend money on oils, you should do it on a company that is this thorough. <laughs> this thorough and this um, obvious, not obvious. What's a good word? This transparent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. With their That's product. A big thing. So the company is New Directions Aromatics. Um, I use them exclusively. They are a fantastic resource for everything. So if you, they have a U.S. store, they have a Canada store. They source from all over the world, but they also are very ethical in their sourcing. So if you have, say, a lavender field in Italy that is struggling to produce, they will actually go to them and say, hey, We'll buy what you can produce for us at a price that you can do better with your plants. So they'll actually help small farmers to grow their stock by purchasing from them. Wow. So they're really, really cool in that they will actually source ethically from around the world. So like eucalyptus right now, the prices are going to skyrocket because of the Australian fire is going on. Yes. Um, they are in process of trying to source from other places so that they don't put more stress and strain on the koalas and the other animals in that area. Um, eucalyptus trees do tend to grow in very small, geographically in very small areas, mm -hmm. um, which makes it hard to source it ethically in a way that we can continue to use it the way we do. A lot of beauty products contain eucalyptus. A lot mm -hmm. of, you know, Vicks is going to get more expensive. Anything that you would have that eucalyptus in is going to get more expensive. Um, so just fair warning to everybody listening that, yeah, if you want to buy your eucalyptus stuff, get it now. Because otherwise, you know, you're going to be paying a lot more for it in the next probably 10 to 15 years. Yeah. So. While well, it's recovering and mm -hmm. regrowing. Absolutely. Um, I mean, 
So they also provide you with the quality and regulatory information, um, the product name with the flowchart of how it's made and what they do, um, that it's not irradiated, so it hasn't been exposed to any radiation. They do radiation testing on all wow. their oils. Uh, sewer sludge statement, so they actually tell you that to the best of their knowledge, the product is free from and not processed with any kind of sewer sludge. So it's clean. It's clean oil. <laughs> it's clean. It's clean. Uh, they have a GMO statement that it was not produced from anything with GMO plant materials. Um, pure and natural statement. So, again, it's pure and natural. There's nothing mixed in. It's not cut with water. It's not uh, processed with anything else in it. No other, you know, olive oil or anything like that, which is in and of itself a whole mess. Olive oil and it not being pure and all that stuff. So, um, they also look for pesticides um so it's within the european regulations not the u.s regulations so which even, are much more stringent yes so everything is in accordance to the most strict laws that they can find so that everything is as best quality they can get wow. um it's paraben free so there's no oil there's no waxes in it there's no wax uh combo combines in there so i mean there's no solvents there's no soaps it's just pure oil uh there's even food allergen information so if you are allergic to peanuts or tree nuts or sesame seeds or wheat, barley, rye, oats, spell, kamut, or other hybrids, if you are gluten, uh, allergic to soybeans, dairy, fish, shellfish, or sulfites, there is none of that present in this product. So if you have any of these allergies, you're perfectly fine to use lemon oil. So it, it'll tell you if, if there's something like, hey, if, if, you, you know, if you're allergic to fish or, or shelf, shell, shellfish, not to use this product in, in for that for that case. Yeah, so there are some oils where it's it contains some of the same elements that are found in those fish. Mm -hmm. So it would tell you, you know, if you're allergic to this fish, you probably don't want to use this oil because it could possibly cause a reaction. Wow. So it will literally give you all the information. Um, one of the ones that I find people like to use a lot, but which has a lot of issues, is grapefruit. You cannot use grapefruit anything if you are taking an upper, if you are taking a downer, or if you're taking any kind of heart or cholesterol-based medication. The reason being is that grapefruit, the chemical combination of what's in it and the enzymes that's in it will counteract what you're doing or increase it exponentially. Um, so on the website, if you look under their documents, it gives you the safety data sheet, all the certificate of analysis, um, gives you all the same stuff as you find for lemon. So it gives you the same thing with the food and allergen information. It still has none of this is present in these. So if you're allergic to any of that same stuff I said earlier, you don't have any issues with it. However, if you have any kind of issues with um, maintaining uh, mental health, you can either do grapefruits or you can do your meds. Combining them is a bad idea. There's, wow. there's just a lot that goes into that. So uh, what else is in here? We've also got the GMO statement. So that was that. Heavy metals. It tells you, you know, are there any heavy metals or are they within regulatory? So what I'm hearing is while um, you're going through all these important documents that we can tell that we don't want these things that they're saying isn't in their oils, when you go to, say, Walmart and you grab an oil off the shelf, you're running the risk of something that they're specifically spending time and money to remove and make sure is never touch their product being in that product. 
Yes. So the biggest thing with oils is research. Always do a lot of research on the company that is producing it or providing it. Mm -hmm. Um, New Directions is a wholesale and uh, so they they sell to other companies that then rebottle and then resale mm-hmm. um, or put into products to resell. Um, so they provide all of this stuff. So if you're going just to Walmart and you go and you pick up a bottle off the shelf and you look at it, you want to look at how was it pr- processed? Is it cold pressed? Is it anything like that? Um, where was it processed? Is it in the USA? Is it in Italy? Is it Australia, Canada? Where was it? from where was it sourced does it have the scientific name of what was on what the product is and then you want to make sure that you're studying the company itself to figure out where do they source from because if they can't provide you all of this information through just a quick email or something you're they're not a company you want to go through because there's no guarantee that you're going to get the quality and the product that you want out of it um so putting on your skin, inhaling, all of these things then becomes – you're risking your health by not making sure that they're willing to give you this information and being transparent with it. Correct. Any company that is worth their salt will provide you this information the as soon as you ask for it. Right. They'll gather it together. They'll get it to you. Um, now – that being said, New Directions also does a lot more than most companies will do because they want to ensure that their quality stays quality. Um, they do a lot to make sure that their product sells as what it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. So with that being said, that when you go to start with your essential oils journey at home, you want to start with a quality product from the get-go. From and, the get-go. And, and making sure that keeps your mixtures or whatever you're going to do with them safe as well from yes. the start. Of course. Lemon. Yeah. One of the things that I, I do stress is with oils is quality. Um, lemon is one of those where, and I'm telling this to everybody who's listening, everybody, do not ingest an oil. If you have not consulted somebody trained and certified to show you the amounts of which to use. For example, I have peppermint oil. New Directions Aromatics quality is one drop of peppermint oil is equivalent to 200 cups of peppermint tea made just from leaf. If you go to doTERRA or to Young Living or to any of these other companies that provide oils, Theirs is equivalent to maybe 40 to 60 cups of peppermint tea. It is a, not necessarily a lesser quality product, but it is a lesser strength of -hmm. product. Just based on how they cut it, how they produce it, how they make it. So you really want to do your studies and make sure that whatever oils you're using, you know exactly the amounts that you should be using to do something with it. Peppermint, I don't even ingest this peppermint. I will use a neat on my skin when I do oil work. Um, neat and E-A-T is all capitals. That means that you're just putting oil straight on your skin. Unless you're a student of aromatherapy, please don't do that. You'll burn yourself. It hurts. It's not good. Um, especially if it's a brand new fresh oil, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause issues. Just don't do it. Um, but quality is huge. Quality is huge. Quality is huge. Always make sure that you know exactly what you're using, where you've sourced it from, and... When you're using it on somebody else, make sure that you're paying attention to what they what they can have in their body. 
do they have any allergies? Do they have anything going on that you probably shouldn't use this oil with? You know, such as with the grapefruit and stuff. So quality is huge. So we start with quality. And we work our way down. So we've already talked about why you would want to pick a company that's this transparent versus not because of safety. And you want the quality of product mm -hmm. that you're starting with. How do you tell the quality of a product before you even open your browser? Because I know I watched you pretty much just judge quality off of the bottle when Sunshine brought in her stuff. Uh, smell is a huge thing. If a product is of a good quality, it will have a very strong smell to it based on what you're working with. Uh, so Sunshine had brought in a, connection, a collection of oils and I popped open the cedarwood. And it was a very strong spicy scent of stepping into a cedarwood forest. Mm -hmm. When you walk in, you have that smell, you know where you're at. Mm -hmm. that should be what you get when you open that bottle uh we did the coffee earlier it smelled like yeah. a fresh roasted cup of coffee oh yeah that's how it should smell if you have an oil that is of a lower quality it's not going to have that strong of a smell or it's going to get a very chemical smell to it it's going to smell like maybe it has an undertone of soap or maybe an undertone of olive oil which is what a lot of them cut with or it might have an alcohol smell if it's not specifically supposed to be an alcohol oil then it's probably not the best quality for you. So, and then oh. go no go. Yeah. <laughs> so so pretty much uh, there's there's a lot of oils out there that that'll just smell fake. Yes. That just won't or, or just won't have a scent at all, but they're supposed to be you know, they're supposed to be like having the cedar wood smell. It also will depend heavily on how long has it been since they processed it to how long it got to your shelf. Mm -hmm. Um citrus, peppermints, the mint families, they tend to last and have a shelf life of about six months. After that, they just smell pretty. They, you know, you lose all the properties and it starts to break down as to what it should do for you therapeutically versus it just smells pretty. Um, wood scents tend to last the longest. They can have a shelf life of up to, tw of up to two years um, before they just get to the point where it's like, it smells good, but you kind of get that... That scent of, oh, that's been sitting for a while. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it loses its scent. A lot of woods will lose their scent after time. So I have here <laughs> two lines. Um, this one is the one I've had for almost two years. And this is the one that I just recently picked up. I am and sniffing the old lime. <laughs> I'm sniffing the new. Sniff, 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 sniff. Ooh. Okay. All right. That that reminds me of... Um, of uh, uh, the... the oh, what, what are the... The freeze, the freeze pops, mm -hmm. the 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 lime freeze pops. That's like, like super, super lime. Yes, and I have kind of more of my new. I'd almost say like there's vanilla in the lime, like like it's just it's minute is the best word I can say. Or it's, yeah, it's just not as strong of a smell. Yeah, it almost yeah. It, it like the way it kind of feels on the tongue is like it's light. And comfortable as opposed to sharp like lime should be. And then, ow. Yeah. yeah. See, this is more like an actual margarita with sugar. Like, mm -hmm. it, it pops in your in your face. Yeah. To, to me, the, this old one is like uh, uh, like brushing up against a lime leaf. Like, it, it's, it's, st it still smells good, but it's not that, that hard lime smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that that's a, a huge way where you'll be able to find out, you know, if you pop something open on the shelf at a Walmart, 
Um, how long has it been sitting on that shelf? You know, if it has that strong smell, mm -hmm. it's more likely to be fresh. Otter pop cleanser. Like a furniture Yeah. Cleanser. There you That's go. But otter pop, oh my god. Otter pop, yeah. <laughs> Fresh otter pops. Otter pop. Yeah, and th there's a difference that you can, that's palatable. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, I could actually, and you don't want to do this, put that on my tongue and not burn. Whereas the other one it was like, I'm salivating because it is that much of a crispness. Mm -hmm. yep. Yes. Oils are fun that way. Yay. So um, not only from the scent, but you also were holding the bottle and you were telling her things that you could see right off the bat that tells you quality things. Where are those some of those things that you want to look for when you're holding a bottle of a company that is like new to you? Yeah. So if you've never done any research on a company, you're going to look for the name of the product, which in this case, the one in my hand is Grapefruit Pink. Mm -hmm. It tells me that it is from a pink grapefruit as opposed to what I have over here, which is a white grapefruit. There's three or four different varieties of grapefruit. So you want to know where it's coming from. Um, it tells me underneath it that it's a natural blend. So it was made from more than just one tree's pink grapefruit. They had to bring in more to be able to make the blend. So it's possible that uh, in this case, it says country of origin, Italy. It may have originated in all the trees are from Italy, but it might have been pulled from different places in Italy just based on what was available supply-wise. Um, so it does tell you the country of origin. Any oil that is worth its salt will tell you that of where it was sourced from. Um, it'll also tell you this one shows essential oil on the bottle. If it is a dilution, it'll say dilution 5%, dilution 10%. That's how much of the oil is in the solvent that it's put it in, whether it's water, whether it's alcohol, whether it's um, a, a carrier oil pre-mixed or pre-blended, which are usually a good way to start if you are starting into aromatherapy. If you're doing it for anything other than being a student of and practicing as I do with it. Um, it'll also tell you the size, so how big the, your bottle is. And it'll tell you, most of them will give you a lot number, especially if you buy wholesale like I do. You can look up that lot number on the website or contact the company and say, hey, so this lot number is 9004-A06. Where was this sourced and what is the information on it which again is this paper in front of me for the lemon so you can actually get the information of each specific lot number as far as the gas chromatology the msds if it, there is anything that changes from lot to lot they'll be able to let you know um so then, things like that are what you want to look for and then even if you wanted more of like that specific batch you could just give them give them that information and they can pull it for you yeah and if they have any more they yeah. can let you know hey we have this much available how much of it do you want to have so, just different things to look for on the bottles. Um, they also, I've got a couple of different caps here. You'll probably notice that, uh, so the white one, this one actually, it's kind of weird looking. Um, it's got really, really deep grooves on it. This was an older style cap that was used um, probably three or four years ago. Whereas this is what newer caps tend to look like. Even if you look at uh, different oil companies, they all tend to get the same kinds of jars and kinds of containers. So this one, the, the ribs are a lot smaller. They're a lot finer. Um, it looks a little bit more squared versus a little more tapered. So if you want oils that are more recent, you want to look for the types of caps that they're using because they change throughout the years um, style-wise too. So a lot of different oh. things that you can look for of, of 
what you're looking for in your oils. Right. So you mentioned citrus and mints have a very specific expiration date. What are some other expiration dates out there for oils? And when do they tend to start becoming bad as far as like definitely don't use time to throw away? And then how to throw away? <laughs> how to dispose of them. <laughs> right. um, so... I know, big question, sorry. <laughs> it's not a big question so much as it has a bit of a complicated answer because it really depends on how you store your oils. You want to keep them in a dark, cool place so that they have a longer shelf life. <laughs> uh, lemons and other citruses have maybe a good shelf life of about six months. I've had a couple of these for two years and they're still perfectly fine. The smell may be a bit reduced, but they're still usable. Um the lime that you guys smelled that smelled a lot fainter. I can use that for flavoring things. It still tastes like lime, still looks like lime, smells like lime. But if I was to use it as, say, a therapeutic oil, it wouldn't have as good of an effect. Uh, lime is often a mood booster. Mm -hmm. So it kind of increases your, hey, this is good. This smells good. This tastes good. Mm -hmm. I'm up. I'm awake. I'm peppy. If you use an older lime, you'll still get that effect, just not nearly as immediate. It won't last as long. Um, it'll take longer for it to take effect, things like that. Sometimes if it's really old, it's just never, it's not going to do anything for you, which is where you get into a lot of where people are like, well, essential oils don't do anything for you. Well, it depends on your quality and how long you've had it. If it's a good top quality fresh, it's going to do a lot for you, um, especially nowadays where we spend a lot of time with medicine. And a lot of time with pharmaceuticals, which are great in and of themselves, but our bodies have kind of built up immunities to them over the past few generations where I will come in and I will use my essential oils on people. And like my friend with, with her, her uh, cervical issues, the essential oils is what did the difference. And her doctors are like, cool, this works. So <laughs> as long as you have somebody who's knowledgeable about what to do with it, it'll work better for you. Um if you get to where your oils are just not doing anything for you and you want to get rid of them, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. Lemon, use it as a furniture polish. <laughs> Mix it with your furniture polish. Go for it. Um, use it in a scent burner, just not around pets. Cats especially. We'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, that, that. That was actually going to be a, a question. So Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get into that part. Um for like the woody scent, cedar wood is great if you want to put it in your closet as just a, hey, scent your clothes, make it smell nice. It'll also help get rid of things like moths. Um, peppermint, you can turn it into a tea. Just again, be really careful about the amount that you're doing. Do one drop for a whole pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the ones that like are not ingestible, like eucalyptus, you can still use them for things like mixing with VapoRub and just make it a little bit stronger that way. Um, once you have empty bottles, I take all of the cap stuff off, I take all the labels off, and I boil the bottle. And I just boil all of the stuff out of it. At that point, it has been heated to a point where it is no longer a functional oil and it won't harm anything when you dispose of it. You just let it go down the drain. Um, once the bottle is boiled and cleaned, then you can reuse it for whatever oil you want to put in it. And I've done that a couple of times. Thanks to you. I have a couple of bottles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That, my, my CBD, um, habit does tend to create bottles <laughs> that I will never use. Well, and the nice thing is that because they're glass, mm -hmm. you can reuse them over and over and mm -hmm. over and they're never going to bleed into your oils. They're never going to cause issues with your oils unless you drop it really hard. It's not going to break on you. It's not going to fall apart. 
can just keep reusing them, just buy new caps for them. Because the plastic caps, they do suck mm-hmm. in over time. Uh, but I've had, uh, like, on the limes, they're very, um, what's the word? Pungent? <laughs> they're very pungent. Uh, they have a lot of acids built into mm-hmm. them, citric acids and things. So, like, I will check my caps every month or so and make sure that they're not cracking or splitting. I've had several that I've replaced recently. You can see the white caps, uh, the newer white caps, where I've had to replace the caps that were on there because they were starting to split apart and rip. And it's because the oils were just soaking into the plastic. So, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you replace your plastic tops. Chewing them up. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when, when using them for, like, aromatherapy, like, what, what, what would be, like, a definite no-no on how to, to actually get the get the sense out get the get the actual usage 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 of them like Uh, like like what type of oil burners or 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 things like that like what would you recommend not using ah so there's a couple different ways to do aromatherapy Mm -hmm. the first one is putting it on the skin put the oil on the skin <laughs> directly on your skin. <laughs> so there's what's called neat, which is oil directly applied to your skin, and then there is mixing it. So if you do any essential oils, especially of the New Directions quality, it's one or two drops of any given oil in about a teaspoon's worth of a carrier oil. I have today uh, coconut oil. I've got sunflower and avocado blend, and then you can use things like olive oil, jojoba oil, grapeseed. Really, just depends on what blends best into your skin and how quickly you want it to sink in. Um, so you would do blends like that. You can also do things like burners. Um, please don't ever put more than two drops in a burner of any one given oil and no more than 10 drops total of any blend. The reason being is that it can put so much into the air that it makes it hard for you to breathe later. Um, and you don't want to burn it. You don't want to burn it for any more than 20 minutes at a time, especially if you have pets It can cause them breathing issues. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you've got oils, um, that you can put into soaps and lotions. You can mix them into candles. You can put them in salt and sugar scrubs. You can do all kinds of things with oils. So there's no one way to apply the oils. You can kind of do a whole bunch of different things. I have a necklace that has a lava stone, which are great for sucking in oils, um, that I can put it in. I actually make beaded bracelets with lava stones on them mm-hmm. um and when i took a essential oils class at my uh summer solstice thing one of the free gifts was a coaster that you put in your um car's drink holder and it has the lava stone on it that you can drop essential oils so it'll freshen your car up so you don't have to have dangly car center things which I'm becoming more sensitive to uh, fake fragrances the longer I'm mm-hmm. living in a fake fragrance-free household. <laughs> yes, and that's one thing, that sensitivity is huge. So if you go to where you are using less fragrances, essential oils are going to be more friendly to you because they are the pure original and it's not chemical, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not I... fake-made stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can tell. In fact, I actually had to... Th- throw out all of my Bath and Body Works sprays and now I use slightly expensive perfumes made with essential oils. They work better for you, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they stick around longer. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, typically uh, things like like the mints and the peppermints, you mm-hmm. might get about four hours worth of smell out of 
the cedar woods and the other woody type stuff, juniper and all that, you're going to get more like 10 to 12 hours out of. Um, I make a bug away spray out of essential Ooh. oils. There's probably 15 to 20 different oils blends in there. Um, or Well, everything blended together. And it'll give you, if you put it on your, like blow your ears, mm-hmm. on your neck, um, right on your chest, and then in your armpits, you'll get about six to eight hours worth, depending on how much you sweat, of no bugs. They won't go near you. They won't touch you. Nothing. Which are things I have to use since DEET causes me um, mm-hmm. asthma attacks. Ooh, yeah. that's not good. No, and I'm allergic to mosquitoes, so it's like a double punch. Like, <laughs> oh, no. you're just going to die in nature. I one. <laughs> <laughs> nature wants to kill me. Now, uh, I know I know you were talking about uh, uh, carrier oils. Um, now, what, what would you do? Like, what would you recommend? Uh, how, how do you find your carrier oil? Because I know it could be different for, for everybody. Yeah, so it really depends on how quickly you want it to sink into your skin and how long you want it to stay on your skin. Um, for me, coconut oil works the best because it blends into my, my particular skin type really quickly. So what you would do is you would just dip your finger into the oil you're using and just slide it across the back of your wrist, um, just from one side to the other. And then just do that with the different oils up your arm and just watch them and see. Because, I mean, you could do one on each finger all across. Mm-hmm. Um but just watch and see how quickly they sink in with just being put on your skin. Um, and then, so you'll be able to see which one sinks in the fastest, which one sinks in the slowest. If you're doing oils in a way to where you want it to affect you right away, you want to put it on your sweat points. So armpits, groin, neck, that kind of thing. That'll sink in even faster because it's a point where you're already excreting and secreting stuff. Um if you want it to go slower, you just look for the one that takes the longest to sink in. Now, that will leave a film on your skin typically, so you end up wanting to shower after a while because you feel like everything's sticking to you and it's mm-hmm. kind of gross. But it'll just take – it'll go slower, so it'll be a slower release of the essential oil. Um, I think the longest I've seen someone take was they used – what did they use? It was uh, almond seed oil, and it took about 30 to 45 minutes for it to sink into their skin. Whereas coconut for me, if I just put it on my skin, it takes maybe 30 to 40 seconds. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So it's really individual. It just depends. You just buy small samples of different oils and figure out which one works best for you. Um, Anything you put on your skin, because your skin is your biggest organ, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that it is food quality. You want to be able to ingest it as a food quality product, which is everything that I use. I could use it to cook. Nice. So, because, you know, everything you soak into your skin is going to affect you internally. There's just some things that, like eucalyptus, you don't want to directly put into you because you don't have the processes and the organs and the things to actually functionally handle the poisons in them. Ah. Yeah. So, would you say that the um, 10 drops maximum is also safe for skin, or is that way too far? It really depends on the effect you're going for mm-hmm. and what area of the body you're putting it on. If I'm working on somebody's back, I might use five or six drops max. Again, depending on the size of the person. Somebody my size, I might use four. Mm-hmm. Somebody Jarrah's size, I might use six or seven. It just depends. Yeah. And it also depends, are, are you hairy on your back? Do you need more carrier oil so you can get through to the skin? Or are you really smooth where you might only need two or three drops with like half the amount of carrier oil? So it just kind of depends on what you're going for and body type. Awesome. So what are some of those oils that are a huge no-no on skin? 
anything that would kill you, (laughs) anything that you are allergic to. Um, If you are allergic to nuts, please don't use almond oil. It is a concentrated version of that product. (laughs) If you are allergic to, say, pit fruits, you want to avoid anything made from a pit fruit. So anything peach or... um, Mango. Mango's a pit fruit. Things like yeah. that. So you just really want to look at the family that the plant is made is is from. So like um tomatoes mm-hmm. are in the same family as what's it called? The nightshade. The nightshades, yeah. Yeah. So if you're allergic to poison ivy, you don't want to use any kind of oak-based product, which in and of itself, oak oils are really hard to come by anyway because it's really hard to make the oil, so you're not going to find it as much. But anything in that same family, you don't want to use that because there's a chance that you'll react to it. Mm-hmm. It also depends on, uh, like if you're allergic to citrus, don't use lemongrass because, or use don't use uh, like lemon eucalyptus because it still has those components of citrus in them that make them what they are. So you want to make sure you don't use those, otherwise you're going to react to them and it could go really badly for you. And then what are the no-no essential oils around pets? That is really individual to the animal. So dogs, you can use almost anything on them. You want to avoid things like geranium. You want to avoid things um, that are going to cause their noses to go numb, like peppermints. But otherwise, you can use pretty much anything around dogs. They're pretty cool about that. Um, Again, do your research. It also depends on the individual dog. If they have allergies to things, don't use it. (laughs) Um, Cats are the ones that are really, really, really sensitive to oils. You are very limited in what you can use on them. Um, And around them. And around them. Again, 20 minutes tops if you're doing a burner, if you're burning an oil candle, if you're doing anything like that. Um any of that type stuff so cats do best with things like eucalyptus tea tree wintergreen peppermint cinnamon clove pine pennyroyal and lang lang which is uh i actually have it here the only thing about lang lang is it is an aphrodisiac especially for (laughs) males so don't use it around male cats <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't want that spray. You don't want that spray. Um, but so those are some of the ones that they're not going to react as much to. They're still going to react to oils. All animals will. We are animals ourselves. Um, but they won't have the reactions and the potentially deadly anaphylaxis shock and things like that to those. Um, horses, goats, sheep. Other farmyard animals, again, body size is much bigger. You can use oils on them to help them relax or around them. Um, I've got a friend who uses um, peppermint on her horse to help him with his back issues. He's an older horse. I've got another one who uses tea tree. Um, I have myself in the past owned guinea hens and a raccoon almost took off one of the chickens or one of their heads. Not chickens. Yeah. Um, Had a big old hanging flap just of skin. And it was all the way through to his throat. We used a combination of lavender oil, tea tree oil, and just straight water to flush it. And about two months later, he was perfectly fine. No issues, no problems. No more raccoon. No more raccoon. We got rid of the raccoon. Good. Yeah. We chased him off. (laughs) So what would you say, um, at least in in your research, what would you say is the most surprising uh, oil that you've come across that, that... you never thought would have uh, specific benefits? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I have a couple of oils in here, such as Spikenard and Ravensara, that I really just haven't used um, because it's never really come up the need for them. And then I've got ones where, like my grapefruit, I have three different bottles of it because I use a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really haven't come across anything yet that thoroughly surprises me like that. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, oh, okay, cool, and then move on. <laughs> nice. And last question is, tell us some of your favorite mixtures and why. Well, the bug away spray, obviously, is <laughs> definitely a favorite because, you yes. know, no bugs. I don't like getting bitten, and bugs like me, so we do that. Um, the bug away spray also works inside your home, so you can start with your most innermost space, start with the ceiling, get all the corners, work your way down, get the floor, and then work your way outward from there, and it will chase all the bugs out. And then you do a spray around the outside of your apartment or your house, and it will prevent them from coming in for about six months, unless it rains, and then you got to respray. But yeah. it'll last a long time to keep bugs out. Uh, we did that in Missouri, which is very spider-heavy, and we'd go down the basement and find lots of dead spiders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, peppermint is an oil that, if you have spiders or bugs that taste with their feet like they do, they it burns them. It burns their feet, so they will. It won't harm them as it were but when you're tasting something that's really really strong you're like whoa you have that reaction Mm -hmm. spiders have that peppermint so they will skitter away and not come back and they will go so far because their feet can't taste anything for a while so they will go far outside their normal range to where they will not be able to find their way back so you won't have spiders in your space anymore um i do a blend of So I have a couple that are pre-blended. Um, one of them is called Sensuous Amber. They are no longer making this one. Aww. It has vanilla and amber and a couple of other things in there. And it's just a really nice, relaxing, um, aphrodisiac type smell. It's got a little bit of the musk in there as well, which I have a pure bottle of musk over here. It's pretty strong. Um, but it's a very warm kind of like, ooh, this is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I've got one called Woodland Themes, which is cedarwood and pine and spruce and that kind of thing. And it's just a very woody, like if you, you know, if you're going into a meditation and you need something that is going to help you feel like you're in nature, especially when you can't get out of the city to do that. Um, This is a great one because you can visualize being in that kind of forest. And then I have one here that is a recent addition that they brought up. It's called Red Current and Thyme Tea. Now these blends here are ones that you don't want to mix um, with a lot of, like, you don't want to ingest these ones. They're they're pre-made fragrance type ones for candles and things. Um, But it definitely, it's more of a light, spicy kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And it's got just a unique flavor. And so you can do a lot of just different blends of all kinds of things that really, you know, it's very individual. <laughs> um, the biggest thing with oils is contraindications, and that is the practice of if you have an allergy to it, don't use it. <laughs> if you're going to have a reaction to it, don't use it. Um, it is the number one thing that bothers me about people that just go and sell oils is they don't know when not to push an oil for somebody. They don't know how to go through a person's history 
and listen to what they might be allergic to or have had reactions to in the past. Um, if you were a kid and you had a, a grapefruit thrown at you in the face, you might not want to use grapefruit because you might trigger a response in that person that they might throw a punch at you. I've had that happen before. Oh, yeah. Um, body work and Reiki and energy work and essential oils can all bring up past things based on how you're using it, which is why it's good for dreamwalking. If you're looking for, you know, say the woodland themes, you want to be in the forest, you can kind of get that sense from the oils. Um, but it can also trigger things too. Mm. So, you know, if somebody's ever, um, I know a lot of older people have had this where they've had to go pick their own switch when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Um, if the pine tree was the nearest tree to them when they had to go pick their own switch, it's a very whippy wood, you probably don't want to use pine oils with them. Mm -hmm. um, it would be a contraindication for that person. Mm -hmm. So it, a lot of people who do oil sales are just not trained to look for things like that. Um, so if you guys are out there and you're doing Pura Vida, if you guys are doing um, any kind of oil sales, take a class. The school I went to is Suiha, Southwestern Institute of Healing Arts. They're at McClintock and Southern. They have a whole range of aromatherapy programs that you can go through. Uh, one of the ones I've got a book here for is the Five Elements Aromatherapy Acupressure for Emotional Healing. You use points in the hand, in the back, and in the feet to help people heal from emotional traumas. Um, it gives you sets of oils to use for that, but you can also kind of go through and pick and choose your own oils. So again, if that person has that aversion to pine, say they don't use pine salt, they don't use, you know, anything that smells like that, it could be because of past trauma. You can use the pine in this process to learn how to help that person get past that trauma. So there's all kinds of fun stuff that goes into oils. Awesome. So if somebody wants to get in contact with you, learn from you, or even be a client of yours, how do they get there? So you can find me on Facebook at Native Relaxation. Um, you can find me on my website at nativerelaxation.webs.com. It's still kind of under construction. I'm adding more things to it. Um, I also have all of my massage modalities on there. So as I go and take more classes, I put those on the website so you can see everything I'm capable of doing. Um, I don't have a public email at the moment that I have regular access to. Um, and no, I do. I do have an email. Ooh. So it's Logan, L-O-G-A-N, period, Hipauf, H-I-P-P-A-U-F, at yahoo.com and i do have access to that one <laughs> <laughs> yay um if you do have any questions for me as far as oils are concerned you can just message me via my my facebook page it's the easiest way and uh i'll answer any questions anybody has awesome yes so this month we want to thank our newest patreon supporter mirage for becoming a supporter yes thank, thank you. you if you don't know how to be a patreon supporter or if you want to be i think we had something in the middle there where we told you all about how awesome our patreon page is yes and how to get there and jara if they want to poke at you where do they go uh well i could give you my address but that wouldn't be so good on the interwebs oh oh on the interwebs okay as everybody else who's in the studio <laughs> goes and pokes you <laughs> uh of course on my uh, on my twitter uh at jara stone uh on my instagram haggard underscore haggard underscore cosplay uh and yeah that's that's pretty much it and you can find me autumn wolf at autumn wolf facebook <laughs> you and Twitter. 
You can also find my blog on Iron Wolf Circle at WordPress, and you can poke at me through our pages. On Facebook, we are Millennial Pagan Podcast. On Twitter, we are Pagan Pod, and we're also Pagan Pod on Insta. Yes. So you can do that. Also, our email address is millennialpaganpod at gmail.com. That <laughs> Websites are under construction. Yeah, we know all about that whole websites are still under construction <laughs> thing. Yeah. My IT guy went to Colorado during our scheduled times. So from all of us here at Millennial Pagan Podcast, Merry Meet. Merry Part. And, and Merry Meet, meet Again. again.